Our faith journey is a story unique to each individual and is constantly being written. No two people are identical, no two days are alike, but God is the same. This is the Real Stories of Life with God podcast, a place for honest conversations about life and faith. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm really glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Andrew, thank you very much for taking the time, um, for being willing to carve out half an hour, hopefully. I mean, I'm sure we could talk longer than that, but <laughs> to honor your day, I'm going to try to keep it to 30 minutes. Um, give a, Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so my name is Andrew Bodine. I've, uh, we've been down here in Georgia now for actually, we just hit the 10 year mark here in Georgia. Um, I come via way of North Carolina, uh, before that, and then born and raised in little town, um, of Delaware called Smyrna, just North of the capital Dover. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, I've got a huge family, um, mostly (laughs) in Delaware, but uh my immediate family here i have four children i have a 21 year old son who is out of the house i have a 15 year old son in harlem high and a 12 year old daughter in harlem middle and a nine-year-old son in north columbia elementary Hmm. and i have a beautiful wife uh who made all that possible named glory Mm mar we both have uh, been attending coyote now for um just over a year of attendance and about nine months, I think, since we became members. Wow, cool. Met Jesus when you were? Yes. So, um, context. Yeah, absolutely. So, met Jesus. Um, so, I grew up in, um, I wouldn't say a broken family, but definitely not your stable, you know, uh, American dream family, if you want to call it that, right? What everyone say the perfect family. And I don't think anyone had the perfect family, right? When you when you look at it, into it. Um, but we right. grew up as a kind of a Christmas and Easter church attenders. Um, I knew there was a God. I knew Jesus existed. I knew he died on a cross, but that was the extent of my knowledge. Um I kind of went in and out of church as as a teen. Uh, we'd go for maybe with my mom on every other weekend. We'd go for about three to six months was the longest stretch. I'd hop into a VBS as a young child. Um, occasionally when the VBS bus would come by and someone would drop a flyer off for me. But that was the extent of my relationship with Christ um, as a child. Later on, I uh, went off to college, ended up joining the Marine Corps, and that sent me down a path of the world, uh, essentially, is nothing more than just living in the world. I knew nothing else but living in the world. Um, I was angry all the time, partied, drank, uh, you name it, I did it. Um, And then... Once um, and and I had kids during that time where I was doing everything I shouldn't have, um, mm-hmm. and um, and I knew I needed something more. I always felt a calling to attend church. We attended a couple churches here and there, um, but never really found a home and never really developed a relationship with Christ um, until 2000 and uh, I believe it was 2017. I felt a calling to um, to go to church sat down with my wife and said, look, I really think we need to be back in church. She grew up Catholic. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, well, only a Catholic church. And I 
I had some hurt from a Catholic church and said, I, I really don't feel comfortable going to a Catholic church. Um, I'm not anything against Catholics or anything. I just, it wasn't for me. It wasn't, I, I had some hurt still there that I, I, I didn't know how to deal with. We ended up at church, local church called Journey Community Church, ended up uh, finally getting my wife to attend. And it happened to be back on Sunday. And uh, we both left there um, after the message and the baptisms with tears in our eyes, just in complete silence. Mm -hmm. And we felt something. We didn't know what it was. I had no clue what the Holy Spirit was. Um, but we definitely felt something. And I turned to her in the car after the last 10 minutes of silence and just said, I want to come back next Sunday. Hmm. And she just shook her head. And um, going forward, we we started attending more regularly and just came to know, man, Christ's love, Christ's forgiveness, the grace and mercy that he poured out. I didn't feel worthy of any of it, but just slowly I felt purpose to my life. I got saved again, baptized, and just dove head into serving people yeah. and just telling people about what God had done in my life. I love it that he can, he can come from anywhere. He can do anything that, that nudge that you were feeling, right. You just, fo just followed it. You know, it's like, you didn't know what it was, but you just followed it, which is a certain like level of trust to that and risk a little bit, you know, her not wanting yeah. to go and you saying like, yeah, we need to go, but something super sweet about the Lord planting a really small nudge in there. Um, right. Well, I think he, he, he yeah. planted that seed as a child. Right. And, and yeah, I think oftentimes even in our mature, more mature faith, we forget what that mustard seed is and what those seeds can grow into. And we look at it in our timeline of, well, I planted that seed, but they're still not in church a month later, man, the seeds that were planted when I was a child didn't develop until I was twenty nine years old almost people multiple people sowed throughout my early yeah year. um and and they didn't mature i had no clue what those seeds were i completely ignored them mm. as a child and a young adult um but once it was time and the god's timing was right he mm. those seeds and my my little bit of knowledge to bring me exactly where he wanted me yeah oh it's beautiful Okay, my first question for you is what currently stirs your love for God? I, I think it's just his faithfulness. Honestly, through and through his faithfulness in my family, um, in my answers to prayers, and his grace and mercy in my life. Just constantly seeing that gives me just a renewed hope and faith there, there's this wane, and I think we've all felt it. Probably, I, I'll speak for myself, but I'm, I'm, I've talked with others who said they felt it, right? But you get this, this highs and lows, the mountains and the valleys, so to speak, of, uh, of our, uh, I'd say at least my relationship with Christ. It's never a steady linear path, and that's my fault, hundred <laughs> percent, my, my fleshly fault. Um, and I think his. Uh, his love in those valleys and I can feel him pulling me back and, and, and answering prayers and coming through. And I, I that, that high just starts riding again. Mm -hmm. And um, his grace and mercy just, just give me an awe 
and his power and his might and how he's working things. I'm a very logical person. Like I like <laughs> to put the pieces together. I like to see the fruits of even his labor. And um, when I see those, I just sit and go, wow, that is just absolutely incredible what he's mm. done. And the hindsight to see all the pieces. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah. Do you have, you talk about how it's not a linear, it's not always a linear, um, straight incline all the time type deal. It's a lot more organic than that. Um, do you have like, what do you, what do you do when you feel like you're on a downswing? You know, have you like, obviously we had the faithfulness of God and maybe you just said it, you know, you look when you have hindsight, you've seen him be faithful before. And so, you know, that if he's true to his nature, which he always is, he will be faithful again, even when you don't see it. But have you found any, um, habits or practices that help you when you feel like you're in a dry place? Yeah, I think it's just taking inventory and accountability. Um, You've got to sit down and just take inventory. Where am I at? And I can trace every single valley to me and my actions Mm. bring me to that valley. My fleshly actions, my prayer closet, my study time, my um, uh, what I'm consuming on media, um, those things I can feel them dragging me down and, and and taking that inventory and then having accountability and surrounding myself with uh, other Christ-like men um, is, is usually where I go to for, to, to start bringing me back that, to that incline where I need, where oh. I know I need to be. Yes. Oh, that's good. An honest question an honest inventory and trusted wise accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. This is so good. Those, those are great. Super practical too. Okay. On the flip side, is there anything that currently stifles your love for the Lord? Um, I, I don't know that anything stifles my love for him. I, I absolutely love everything the Lord has given me and blessed me with, but things that take me away from uh, my relationship with him um, I think is, uh, it, I, I'll say social media, I'm terrible about it. Um, I go through periods where I get better at not consuming the world through social media, but it's such a useful tool in so many ways, especially having young kids and keeping up with all their activities and stuff. You, I cannot get rid of social media and function in the capacity that I do right now. Assume information the way I need to. Uh, as fast as I can. Um, having three kids in multiple sports and things um, keeps us very busy. And I think I can allow busyness also to uh, to consume my time and um, give my mind reason to say, well, I can't study today. I've got this to do. Um, and I tell my kids, and I'm not always great at doing it, but it's not that I don't have time for it. It's that I haven't made it a priority that day. Mm-hmm. And so prioritizing um, helps me avoid it. But yeah, I think uh, busyness and social media are the two things <clears throat> that damage my relationship and my my spiritual walk most. I'm, I'm sure a ton of people be able to relate to that. I bet everyone would <laughs> yeah, be like, yeah. yes, me too. I would totally say that too. Um, and what's kind of also tricky and challenging about that a little bit is it takes wisdom because your relationship with him is your relationship with him. And so 
Some people might be like, social media is not a thing for me. I was like, you have to decide that with the Lord, what your rhythms and boundary lines need to be. We all have to, you know, because I can't just say, well, they're doing it. So it's fine for me. I'm like, but is it fine for me? You know, or, or they're, they're off social media, but like you just said, I, I cannot be off there right now. So what do I need to do to keep it in its proper place and be free with that and not feel shame over the fact that I'm on social media and it's kind of distracting all these other people can afford to, you know, delete it from their phone. And I can't do that. There's no shame in that. But what do the boundary lines do look for me? You know, what is the wisdom does look for me? And, And I feel like it's been a little that came out kind of messy because I'm processing it on the fly, like right now in my own life, like the wisdom to say, what is he asking of me? And what is he given asking of someone else? Right. Absolutely. Like someone else may be able to watch particular things that he's like, you know, you don't still need to do that. And I may be able to have particular habits that someone else can't have because maybe their heart's a little differently tender towards something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's even true in the, in the habits we were talking about. Right. Um, I've tried so hard to emulate others' habits, others that I think are more spiritually mature or something I want to grab from someone else. And I think that's a good thing, but their habits aren't necessarily what works for me and my Mm. relationship with the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. For instance, I would absolutely love nothing more than to wake up, my feet hit the ground, grab my Bible, and start studying. I cannot. I am just (laughs) not in tune at six, seven in the morning. I'm not. I'm I'm pushing through a reading that I don't know. I can't recall two hours later what I what I just read. Um, it has to be. I almost have to be led at a time, and, and just feel like okay, I need to open my Bible right now, and mm. I need to study. Mm. Um, it's so hard for me to create that morning habit, and I've tried, and I <laughs> yeah through, and in the end, I've reflected back and said I got nothing out of that. <laughs> yeah. He knows exactly what we need. He knows that my brain is not functioning at six in the morning. I'm barely getting <laughs> right. by. Like he's not right. providing this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And he's and, not like shaming you for it. You know, he's no. not like, well, Andrew, if you would just get on with it, you know, right. he's not disappointed that you aren't. I think he would rather have your heart hungry for him and pursuing him at all Absolutely. than it look this particular method. Right. But it's easy. You say, you know, you mentioned he's not shaming me. He's not, he's not, he doesn't want me to feel uh, guilty about not getting up in the morning and studying my Bible first thing. But if we look to the world, right, where are we looking for our hope? Where are we looking for that trust? If we trust the world, the world tell us now, if you're not studying your Bible every morning, you're a terrible Christian. Right. <laughs> but that's, that's just doubt and fear um, that we allow to seep in. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. Really good. Um, I read, I read a book one time and it said our habits form us and we're kind of forming our children. I'm like, Oh my gosh. That's, Oh man, that's right. right You know, I've, if we do want to go down that path for a minute, um, and, and I don't know, maybe this helps somebody that's listening, but I feel like um, I'm being called to talk about it. So I think there, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I see it in, uh, in, in my oldest son, my 21 year old, right. I, I came to faith, uh, six, seven years ago. And so he was 14, 15 when, when I first got him into church and, and on a consistent basis. 
And in those formative years, he wasn't in church and he saw a father who was not necessarily the nicest person, the kindest father. I was, uh, had a big military Marine Corps mindset, um, from when I was in the Marine Corps and, and my thought process on how to, you know, how to instruct, how to lead, how to mentor were very rigid and not loving and filled with fruits of the spirit. And, uh, those formative years, I failed from a spiritual perspective of what I was called to be as a father. Mm. Um, and that has impacted his adult early life. He's uh, he's not turned away from God, but he's definitely living a more worldly life than I would, uh, I would care to see him live. And uh, I have full faith and, and I had a fully uh, spiritual encounter with the Lord one day when I threw my hands up and said, I'm at my wits end. I, I don't know what else to do. Lord, I've brought him into church. I've done everything you've asked me to in the last couple of years. Why is this not working? God clearly, actually, I was listening. We were in worship and I had my hands up. I threw them up and just asked God for what I should do next. And uh, God clearly spoke to me. The music fell away. I heard a silence in my head. I've got this. And I said, but, and he said, I got you here, didn't I? I've got this. And so there's so much guilt that I held from me not raising him the way I should have once I realized it. Um, but there's so much comfort knowing God's still completely 100% without a doubt in control. Yes. And we never know what will be meaningful to our kids because you it's easy to think well if i had done i if i had been in the right place then then he would not be dealing with this i'm like but you never know if like your humility to confess that you're like yeah that wasn't it wasn't where i wanted to be but i didn't really know and here i am seeking the lord and experiencing the lord and it's amazing like your humility to set to own those things might you never know if that's the thing it's like oh we just, we just never, never know. We just never know. Way. Yeah, right? Like, you Thank don't you know that. if that... I've never thought about it in that way. You never know if that's going to be... That could be the thing that sealed it, not that you've done the right thing all along. Yeah, I've always thought about my testimony of where I came from and how I got here um, as a story, uh, a testimony for others, right? External, other men who are experiencing the same emptiness in their life. But I guess I've never thought about that testimony being the same testimony to my children. Yeah. Um, okay. My next question is a fill in the blank. Ooh. The truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. The truth that God is in control means a lot to me because I don't have to be in control. Mm -hmm. I can rest on his promises that he's shown me are true. And I, that, that's taken me a, a while to learn. Um, but his faithfulness, again, he knows me. He created me. He knows I'm a logical thinker. I've, I've got to see things play out before I trust. It's, it's just the way he built me. Mm -hmm. um, but he's shown me that. He knows how, how he built me. He's shown me his faithfulness. And that when I relinquish control, he has it all. Mm. That control yeah. thing is Mount Kilimanjaro. Yes. That control is huge. And it's sneaky also. 
it's, yes. it's, it can be, it can be cloaked in different things. You know, I'm caring for my kid. I'm like, actually you're grasping at control. You know, I'm fearful about X. And I'm like, actually you're trying to be God. You're grasping for control. Right. Oof. Well, it's hard. And you know, it's where tough. I've seen that play out most is like you just said, fearful of X for my children, fearful of, mm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to nurture my children. I'm trying to everything disguised control described disguised as other things. Right. And, and I'm, I got really good at letting go of control of things external to my family. When it came to my family, no, I've got this. It's my responsibility. I have to make sure you get this point through your head. I have to, yes. you understand this and mm-hmm. God, the space to do what he does best. Yeah, it is really hard. And maybe it just takes the Holy Spirit giving wisdom, but it is it is really hard for me to parse out my responsibility and God's responsibility. Yes. Like um so it's like my responsibility is I'm going to try to love you, try to parent biblically and consistently. Those are my things. And my my line ends with what you choose to do with it. <laughs> Right. Like, because a lot of that stuff is heart change and I actually cannot do that. But if it doesn't happen, did I do, did I not do something I could have done? And then I just spiral into this, like, it is about me. doesn't matter. You know, you choose based on me. And I'm like, to some degree that is true, which is probably why this is so challenging and why we so easily teeter on control because it's hard to know where those lines are sometimes. I think if what, what, what I've found works best for me, and not that I do it all the time well, just do it prayerfully if I ask God for guidance. But too mm. often, I respond to my kids' actions in my flesh with my immediate thoughts <sighs> and don't take it to God. Me and my son were talking the other night, and I, I did well, finally. I, <laughs> I thought to myself, <laughs> I was like, yes, thank finally. you, finally did well. After 15 years, <laughs> we were talking the other night. He's in trouble. He, he did some stuff he shouldn't have. And I saw the situation escalating. I was raising my voice and I just said, you need to go out. We will talk about this in a few days because you know what you did. Here's a punishment. We're going to talk through this later. If I deal with it now, I'm going to deal with it out of anger and mm. not out of prayerful conscience. So even that though, even that is a a very practical habit that we could try is the pausing, like the patience. Because I think sometimes fear makes me want to fix it right away because if I don't fix it right away, it's going to get way worse. Yeah. And I don't think that's reality. I think the pause and the patience and the asking, consulting God first, actually better in the long run is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, here's the lie I tell myself, right? Let me just be honest. Here's the lie I tell myself. (laughs) Fix it now. I'm ADHD. I'm going to forget about it. If I forget about it, was it really that important? Mm-hmm. And if you had blown up in anger, you might have kind of severed a bridge Absolutely. for future bigger things. Absolutely. Goodness. Absolutely. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Oh, it is tough. But I think one thing that you get at is, is prayer, is asking. Because yep. God promises to be faithful and he promises to help us. He promises to to rescue us and get us there. And the Holy spirit promises 
to convict us of sin. He will never not do that. And so if I can imagine that I'm partnering with, if, if my child is a believer and has the Holy Spirit in them, especially, and that's not to say he doesn't help us when that's not the case, but I'm saying like, I could trust the Holy Spirit to help me part parent them, especially if they have the Holy Spirit in them. Yep, absolutely. And I think sometimes that we just take that on. Right. We say God's responsibility on our shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're not God. Like, there's no way I can do what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yet I still try. Right. Right. Oh. And when you're talking about it, it seems just so laughable. I'm like, why would you even, why would you even think that? And then on a regular Tuesday, that's exactly how I'm functioning. (laughs) What is that? Anyway. Anyway. Right. Right. Um, Okay. My last question is what is something you're looking forward to? Again, being a logical person, wanting to see the dots connected, <laughs> I look forward to the day in my children's future when I can outwardly see all the seeds I sowed, all mm. the labor that I've put in, in the prayer closet, and all the uh, the faith that I've given to God uh, come to fruition. When they're 25, yeah. 23, I don't know, whenever it happens for them, my kids have the Holy Spirit, but they are teens living in a fallen world. Yes. Yeah. So tough. I cannot imagine how tough it is for them um, in, the, in, in the world and the information and the technology we have now. Um, I cannot imagine how tough it is for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see. Those fruits just come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Labor's coming to fruition. It's going to be incredible. Yes. Well, thank you again for being so honest and vulnerable. And I think a ton of people are going to relate and hopefully be really encouraged by this. So I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah, I pray. I pray this. If this hits one person and, mm-hmm. and helps one person just draw closer to God, I, I pray it does. Mm-hmm.